From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. I had a little bit of dessert earlier this evening. Crockpot brownies, my wife and daughter made them. Excellent. Tasted great. But with brownies, you need milk. Go to the fridge. Skim. Boof. Hell yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me. It's Mike. Mike Davidson Lives is the name of the podcast. Glad you can join me. Hang out for the next half hour or so. Thanks again for downloading. Uh, just keeping me out of trouble. Yeah, I don't know. It, like The funny thing is, uh, growing up, we had skim milk in the fridge. And I thought nothing of it, you know, because my parents were like, you don't want to drink uh, 2% milk because it'll make you fat. You know, they're saying this in a country where uh, there's corn syrup and damn near everything. It's the 2% milk that's going to make you fat. Um, but uh, you break away from home, you live a little rebellious, rebelliously, and you know, your first hit of 2% milk, it's, uh, it's probably the equivalent of heroin on a legal level. So yeah, when when you have brownies, you gotta have milk, and just that the, there was skim milk in the fridge this evening. I was a little let down, uh, but the brownies were good. I just I just had to use water, which you know is uh, basically skim milk without the white. Okay, a uh, little excitement in the household. Uh, I'm recording this maybe half an hour after the Powerball drawing. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, we did get some Powerball tickets. I don't know if we're going to win or not. I'm not holding my breath. But, it, you know, it, it got me thinking what I would do if I won the Powerball. Uh, and the first thing would be not to tell a damn person. I mean, you know, me and the wife would be in on it for sure and the kids. But I would, I would tell as few people as possible because I don't need an entourage. I don't need more people hanging around me <laughs> if I can help it. Um but I would get rid of the alarm clock and I would opt for a part-time job at a comic book store or a bookstore, just someplace quiet uh, where I can get out of the house, be somewhat productive, and uh, you know, not not be tempted by the stupidity of the money. The thing is, though, it's like an $850 million jackpot. So if you were to win that outright, uh, it'd be just a tad bit under $400 million for the payout. Uh, which I'm sure if you want it, you could do okay with. But but the problem here is when you get cash, you do stupid things with cash, right? And uh, I guess the winner of the largest Powerball in history, uh, Powerball jackpot, which was like uh, $2 billion out in California. Uh, well, the first dumb thing that this person did, they opted to stay in California. And now they bought this uh, uh, just ghastly looking mansion with 11 bathrooms. 11 bathrooms. I don't even think my house has 11 rooms. I'll have to do a count here after the podcast. Um, but according to New York Times, they're talking about this ungodly house. And I'm looking at a picture too. But uh, it has DJ turntables that rise up from the ground. A champagne tasting room. Wine cellar. A suspended glass walkway. A theater. And an infinity pool overlooking L.A. And uh, you take a look at the guy that um, uh, uh, won the war, uh, the biggest Powerball jackpot in history. He does look like new money. Uh, he does look like somebody that wouldn't know what to do with twenty dollars, let alone uh, just under half of half of two billion dollars. 
Uh, but the house itself, uh, it looks like somebody decided to give a Taco Bell steroids. Like one of the new build Taco Bells. It, there's just, just no personality to this house whatsoever. Okay, Band of Brothers. I've been uh, slacking on it. Um, I will finish it by the next podcast. In fact, I want to watch the next episode tonight. Uh, you know how it is. You can't watch a, a show about the brutality of war around kids. And the fact that I have this horrible habit of falling asleep at night. One day they'll find a cure to that. I mean, coffee helps in doses, but uh, its uh, its strength kind of wanes after a bit. I will say, I, I watched uh, the name of the episode uh, a couple nights back, Breaking Point, and that was brutal. But um, Donnie Wahlberg, he plays Lipton, and in this episode, he's fantastic. Like, he is a soldier's sergeant in this thing. And he plays him very well. He doesn't overact. He doesn't. He doesn't go ham. He goes just you know your basic blue collar kind of guy, and it works. And I think uh, Donnie Wahlberg yeah, he just knocks it out of the park. Not bad for a new kid. Not bad at all. All right, uh, a couple of updates here. A couple things to look for. Starting October first on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, Hollow Meme, uh, a month long. Uh, of nothing but Halloween memes. I mean, yeah, there'll be podcast links, and yes, there'll be my smart-ass quips about uh, current events, pop culture events, uh, but the memes will be uh, horror or Halloween-natured in general, and hopefully they're smart-ass enough to, to meet your approval. And then uh, I am going to chronicle how long it is before I see my first Christmas commercial on television because we're at the end of September we're going in into October and I guarantee uh, by by October 23rd no 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 let me let me do the math in my head here oh God it's too late for math October 22nd that's uh yeah just about that'll be Sunday that'll be a Sunday NFL Sunday. You will see Christmas commercials by then, if not sooner. That will be the latest I see a Christmas commercial, or the latest the first Christmas commercial will air. Kind of a thing to put out there. So you you be looking for it, I'd be looking for it. And by the way, uh, internet ads don't count because uh, internet ads could be up forever. You know what I mean? So okay, so the uh, the writer strike is now officially over. The contract ratified. Holly Weird, almost back to normal for them. Almost. Uh, and I was kind of looking over the details of the contract. Um, and, and, you know, the AI stuff I get. Like, uh, you know, they're trying to minimize how much of an impact AI has on the creative process for Hollywood. Um, and I understand that, you know, they don't want to be replaced by machines and software and all that. And there's going to be specific guidelines like AI itself can't write the script. If you use it, it has to be as a tool. It has to be notified, blah, 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 blah. I get all that. I get all that. Um, and, of course, uh, an increase in pay, you know, pay raises, residuals, and all of that. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny to see because the contract itself is for three years. So this is like a short-term fix uh, as to uh, what's been going on with Hollywood, which means I, I'm sure the AI question will be revisited 
in 2026. Uh, the residual thing will be revisited in 2026. Um, and it's kind of it's funny that uh, this got resolved about a week after Amazon announced uh, Amazon Prime was raising its rates, as was a lot of other streaming platforms. I know that Disney and Hulu each are going up like three bucks a month. Um, and the goal is to get people <clears throat> to watch more of the ad-based streaming services. Like, you know, oh, hey, you got commercials just like network television. Uh, because they think that the underwriting uh, for the those programs will make them a little more money and maybe they can sustain this unsustainable business model. But it's, yeah, that, that is uh, kind of what's been going on behind the scenes. And I'm wondering... If uh, getting those things into place was what made it easier for studios to negotiate with the writers. Because the the ad-free stuff is going up in price. Uh, they're hoping to make more money on the ad revenue and they need more eyeballs to see it. And so that's probably why they're doing it. So you can be like, well, it, it's okay to have commercials, suppose, guess. But uh, like I said, it's only only uh somewhat normal over there because the actors are still on strike and i'm I'm wondering how that's going to go um because you can't drag this out any further right right and in another thing too uh because it goes hand in hand now that the writers get what they want what about the actors i mean the actors are going to keep them from getting paid the actors are going to keep them from uh, making new content, or at least getting that content realized, is there going to be any pressure from the Writers Guild on SAG uh, for this to get things resolved quickly, so we can all get back to making, uh, you know, reboots, sequels, and political schlock? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, some bad news: the late night shows are all coming back um, October second, Monday. Well, no, Bill Maher will finally have real time back on uh, HBO Friday of this week which is the 29th but uh, your Jimmy Kimmel your uh, your Jimmy uh, Fallon your Jimmy Colbert your Jimmy Myers your uh, Jimmy Oliver uh, the, all the Jimmys are coming back starting next week so you can breathe a sigh of relief as uh, they've got a fresh bag of Trump jokes for you to just never get tired of like I said, same show, which means the uh, the Talk Force 5 or whatever the hell they were calling themselves, that podcast after 12 episodes, is done. So now they get to go back to pretending that they're competing against each other for your attention and actually giving a damn about the job that they're doing. Uh, by the way, Keith Richards does not give a damn or flying F about what you think. I guess in a recent interview, he ruffled some feathers because um, he, was, he was talking about music and how it's all rubbish pop music is rubbish but that's the point of it it's supposed to be rubbish and he says that he does not like rap music uh this being the 50th anniversary of hip-hop apparently uh because he says he doesn't like people screaming in his face he gets enough of that at home and everybody was talking about how it's like old man yelling at cloud you know it's not old man yelling at cloud with keith richards i mean he's 78 years old yes but this dude's been doing it his entire life. This is a guy who uh, will shoot from the hip repeatedly. And if you think there's some racist component about this, keep in mind uh, he also doesn't like Black Sabbath and Metallica and has said that in countless interviews. Uh, and he has um, 
he has had numerous beef beefs with numerous rock musicians. Uh, the best one was when uh, Princess Di, unfortunately, was killed back in 1997. Elton John had uh, the, re uh, the reimagined version of Candle in the Wind in her honor. And uh, Keith said, I don't go around making songs about dead birds. And uh, Elton took that personally. And I'm just thinking, man, you know, those old guys going at it in the 90s. They were old back then. In the 1990s, going at each other's throats, um, Elton John and, and Keith Richards. That was a lot of fun, by the way, uh, reading the press clippings on that. Kind of wish the internet was a thing back then, because he probably could have gotten some viral videos. See, you know, the Keith Richards thing is just him being Keith Richards. I don't give a shit about him being upset about rap music, to be honest. Uh, what upsets me is his bandmate, Mick Jagger, and I hope to God Keith smacks him for saying this, because I guess ABBA's got this uh, hologram farewell tour thing or whatever. And you know how I feel about uh, hologram tours. I mean, they've got uh, Tupac and Whitney Houston and Dio now as holograms, and it's just, it's not them. It's just light imagery, uh, lip-syncing, pre-recorded songs. Mick Jagger says uh, when the Stones are all dead, he wants a hologram version of the band to tour around the world. So they would be touring even when they're dead, even though it's not them. I'm more upset about that than Keith Richards' uh, thing about rap because, you know, that's authentic Keith, whereas the hologram Stones would not be the actual Rolling Stones at all. Martin Scorsese is a big Stones fan. He is not a big comic book movie fan, and that's fine. That's fine. I don't care that he doesn't like comic book movies. Um, but I, what gets me is he thinks that the, the comic book movie genre, the superhero genre, is why cinema is failing. Uh, and he's saying that the youth has to go back to the theaters and watch other movies to push back against comic book movies. Uh, and he cites a bunch of filmmakers, one of which is uh, Christopher Nolan, who's riding high off his Oppenheimer success. But after reading Martin Scorsese's comments, I'm just thinking, you, you know what three of Christopher Nolan's movies were, right? <laughs> At least three. Um, and two of them were pretty good. The, uh, the third one uh, had Tom Hardy in a mask, which was entertaining. Um, you know, it's it's superhero movies, I get it. He's not a fan of them. And I'm not a fan of superhero movies that suck, but if there's a good superhero movie, I'll love the crap out of it, like The Dark Knight. Um, I'll love the crap out of a good sci-fi movie, a good horror movie, a good western, a good action movie, a good movies in general. That's been the problem lacking in Hollywood, uh, and that's why there hasn't been a lot of sympathy for the writers and the actors, because... Hollywood the last 20 years uh, has been rebooting, re-imaging, franchising to death, everything. Scorsese does have a point. Uh, but there's also the political aspect of it. When things are heavily political or artsy and things just don't live on in our imagination. I mean, I remember when uh, Hollywood Press was making a big deal about The Artist, uh, which eventually would win Best Picture at the Oscars. This was years back. Black and white silent film. Oh, you'll love it. It's a great movie. No one talks about it now. Nobody talks about it the same way uh, they would Forrest Gump or Pulp Fiction, which uh, Shawshank Redemption. Those movies came out, I think, in 94, and I think they were vying for Best Picture. I might be wrong about Shawshank, but those movies came out in the same year, and they just captured uh, the people's imagination, moviegoers' imaginations.
They were a riveting film. And you just don't have a lot of that. And that's the problem. It's not necessarily, okay, here's another Marvel movie. Here's another uh, DC movie, Harry Potter movie, whatever. Uh, the problem is there's nothing to counterbalance that with. And that's why it's uh, kind of sucking theatrically wise. Uh, Dune, the revamped, uh, rebooted Dune, which came out uh, during the pandemic and was released on HBO Max at the same time, man. And its sequel pushed back because of the strike. I guess they're trying to make a franchise of that over the Warner Brothers, and it's gotten some critical acclaim, but uh, if you have. Very few people have HBO Max, so they haven't seen it. It's coming to Netflix here in a couple of days. It'll be uh, on Netflix in October. I might give that a view. But again, kind of going back to what I said about uh, the sustainability of the streaming platforms, you know, HBO Max having uh, kind of a rough go at it. And that's why things like Band of Brothers, Paci The Pacific, and I believe Six Feet Under are on Netflix currently. And why something like Dune is finding its way over to Netflix. Trying to get more eyeballs on properties that aren't really getting the love that they deserve. And as a, as a comic book fan, I mean, Justice League, cartoon, the animated show, now on Netflix, and that is a good show. It is uh, well done. So, uh, Chevy Chase, not a good dude, miserable dude, uh, and is talking about how he didn't find uh, community all that funny it's weird because he was on the show for like four or five seasons and then decided to beef with the creator of the show and the uh, the, uh, the staff the uh, cast and he goes oh they're just fine it was just it wasn't funny enough for me and I and there was that famous uh, uh, falling out with him and Donald Glover and I guess he called Donald Glover the n-word just to rattle him because everybody saw him as the up-and-coming comedic talent on that show and it's just it, it, the thing with Chevy Chase is you know he's approaching 80 and I had the same uh, kind of rant last uh, last podcast about Leslie Jones Leslie Jones was on Saturday Night Live and it just seems like she's bitter about everything she went through oh I was a caricature on the show oh nobody liked my uh, uh, involvement with the reboot of Ghostbusters here's Chevy Chase he was on the show for a year and a half he leaves. He goes to Hollywood. He, you know, he makes vacation. He makes uh, Caddyshack, Spies Like Us. He has a fairly decent film career starting out, but his own ego gets in the way, and no one is good enough to be around him. No one's talented enough to act around him, and he becomes bitter and he feuds with everybody. And here he is. I mean, you know, and Community was supposed to be that redemption show for him, where. Okay, he's back, he's doing what he's supposed to be good at, and this should give him an introduction to an audience that he may have missed out on before. And he's still doing the same shit. Just a miserable human being. Uh, much like I said about Howard Stern, and uh, you know how he's proud to be woke, but he can't be bothered to leave his mansion to, uh, to associate with the people that he uh, claims to support. Um, Adam Carolla. He's got a podcast. You may have heard of him. Um, they were talking about like this beef that uh, Howard Stern has with Bill Maher right now. And some of the stuff uh, uh, going on with him. Proclaiming how great it is to be woke. And I forget who asked Adam this. And he asked him, uh, well, you've been on Howard Stern's show before. Why don't you go on there and talk to him? And he goes, I haven't been on in years because well, all the COVID stuff. 
as you know, Howard Stern is a germaphobe. Adam Carolla, not so much. And Adam Carolla's thing was like, you know, I pushed back on the masks. I uh, pushed back on the uh, shutdown of society. And Howard is the opposite. And I'm more right than he is. And he can't stand to have anybody on that doesn't agree with him. And that just goes to show you how thin-skinned Howard, uh, Howard Stern has become. You know, he's not, he's not quite... Uh, the edgy guy he once was. He has become the establishment and he does not want to be challenged in his lofty mansion where he's living germ-free, apparently. Russell Brand update. Okay, not a whole lot to uh, update on aside from the fact that uh, police over in the UK are investigating allegations, which is not the same as being convicted. Just investigating some allegations and I don't know how much truth to any of these allegations they are. They're just they're looking into them. No one's been charged. Nobody's been arrested. Uh, but uh, a lot of money, uh, a lot of platforms are demonetizing Russell Brand's uh, video channel, like YouTube and uh, a few other places. Rumble uh, is the only place I really know of that uh, is not doing that, and they are losing advertisers because of it. Burger King, I think, is the biggest one uh, that has pulled out, and it's causing people to boycott the, uh, Burger King. I'm not sure if it's on the same level as, say, like uh, Bud Light or what Target faced earlier this year. And by the way, I got uh, some stuff about Target coming up here. I'm not sure if it's quite on that level. Um, but it's 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 just head-shaking because Burger King... Russell Brand is not the only, only uh, video channel on Rumble. There are other video channels, and they are made to suffer because of allegations against Russell Brand, not actual crimes. He's not been convicted. Everybody is just kind of hand-wringing and concerned about their own image at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't think twice about associating Burger King with Russell Brand, to be honest. Um, I don't think they've ever been in, my, uh, in the same sentence uttered by me until recently, until I started looking at these stories, just shaking my head about it. You know, these are allegations. Like I said, he's not been convicted. Um, and uh, everybody is just jumping ship just to make themselves look good. But I've said this before. If Russell Brand is cleared and all these people who that who uh, demonetized him or abandoned him, I mean, where does he go? But this is a hypothetical. We'll know when we get there, if we get there. Okay, so the Target stuff. Um, yeah, Target has had some problems recently. I mean, they had the, with the um, uh, the trans Satanist fashion designer or whoever earlier summer, and they lost some revenue because of that. They still have 2,000 stores just about in the United States. Well, they're going to have nine fewer uh, due to security concerns, due to um, a rise in loss prevention and theft. And they actually made mention of this about six months back. They were talking about how like they were looking at uh, profit losses way before the boycott, way before the store closures, uh, closures because of uh, increased theft. People going in and taking what they want and nobody stopping them. Well, now nine stores across the United States target has are closing nine out of two thousand 
you may say to yourself that's not a big deal, but uh, you know, some of these stores are loca- located in places such as New York City, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and three stores alone in uh, San Francisco, aka Doom Loop City, USA. And that should be telling to a lot of people when stores are closing in these big cities. These big progressive cities that uh, said that cops uh, were the problem and, you know, donate. And by the way, Target did donate to uh, Black Lives Matter and some related organizations about defunding the cops. Well, here they are with their stores in these bigger markets closing. These stores are supposed to be making money in places like New York and San Francisco where there is supposed wealth and they're closing just in time for Christmas. These stores will be closed, uh, I think, uh, was I reading, October 24th? Remember the Christmas ad thing I said, uh, uh, October 22nd. So keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, you had, uh, was it Tuesday night, you had these looting riots in Philadelphia that were uh, viral videos, social media things. Where people were just, you know, roaming gangs of people going into foot lockers and other stores and taking stuff. Philadelphia. Uh, there were arrests. Cops did, uh, you know, take some people into custody for this stuff. But this is increasing in cities. I don't feel safer going into cities. I mean, the biggest city I'm near is just a couple blocks away, Fort Wayne. And that's, you know, 250,000 people. That's not quite the same population as, say, Chicago or Philadelphia. But, I mean, at what point does that become a problem? And so, yeah, retail pulling out of big cities where there's a lot of people. Crazy. Just crazy. All right. um, I'm going to wrap it up with some football stuff. Because football is something I enjoy. Um... And I, and I find I enjoy football more now that I don't participate in fantasy football because fantasy football just always made me miserable. So I can actually watch a game where the Colts are not involved and enjoy it. I can watch, uh, you know, Sunday night football, Monday night football, passing, passing fascination, nothing more. <laughs> Blood not boiling over. Colin Kaepernick wants back in, damn it. Um... <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers out. Uh, Zach Wilson winning nobody over in uh, with the Jets organization. Colin Kaepernick uh, apparently wrote a letter to the New York Jets asking, begging, pleading to be on their practice squad to help their defense be ready for a big, strong, mobile quarterback. This guy has not been in the league for seven years now. He's 35 years old. How, that's ancient. That's ancient for an NFL quarterback. And uh, mobile, you, you kind of lose a step or three by the time you're 35. This was a guy that was the quarterback of a team that went to the Super Bowl. This was a guy who was a quarterback for a team in one of the most progressive cities in the United States of America that would have been very sympathetic toward his plight. This is a guy who asked to get out of that contract for that city who um, tried out for teams like Baltimore and Seattle, also progressive cities, also progressive clubs, didn't make the cut. This is a guy This is a guy who had that uh, big to-do about 
having a uh, workout combine from the press and from all these teams canceled at the last minute, moved it, only a handful of reporters showed up, and the only person that got signed during that was a receiver that he was throwing to. He got an NFL contract. Kaepernick didn't. All the grandstanding that this guy did, and now he is pleading to get on a practice squad. It sounds like he's got a little buyer's remorse about uh, the uh, the cause celeb that he went with. And it's not to say that he, he shouldn't have some concerns about uh, things here in these United States. It's just that he made himself to be bigger than the team, bigger than the game. And in some ways, you can argue, even bigger than his cause. Practice squad, writing for that. Uh, okay, uh, you may have heard Taylor Swift and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey are an item or something. I don't know. Uh, she was at uh, uh, the Chiefs-Bears game this past Sunday. Uh, his jersey number um, on NFL.com has sold uh, more than 400% than what it originally was. So they're an item, but uh, I guess there's a uh, Native American group that wants Taylor Swift to pressure Travis Kelsey, to pressure the Hunt family, to get fans at uh, Arrowhead Stadium to stop doing the tomahawk chop. How in the hell do you do that without actually buying the team? And, of course, I'm sure somebody's going to try to ask Taylor politely to buy an NFL team. That might be a little out of her price range, believe it or not. But then again, if her heiress tour goes on for another three years, that might be a different um, story. And finally, uh, Tyreek Hill, receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, that's a high-power offense. If you if you saw that final score between them and the Broncos. Jesus, Sean Payton, what are you doing with that team? Uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, I guess in the podcast, said he, does not, he wanted to be a porn star, and everybody took him seriously, and now he's like clarifying, backtracking. No, I don't want to be a porn star. That's a shame, too, uh, because I, I, I figure if he got done with his NFL career and he wanted to jump right into it, yeah, the, the name of his first porn could be you know, going long. The wide receiver. But then again, uh, who wants to be a receiver all their life? And with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.